Quirked up co-hosts with a little bit of swag bust it down sexual style. But are they goaded with the sauce? Only one way to find out. Stay tuned and keep listening to Going Off with Rap Critic and Muse. Uh, RC, <laughs> how you doing this fine week? Uh, Snowed in? I'll try it. Well, first of all, I'll try to figure out what <laughs> the, that beginning thing was. Too bad. It's, <laughs> it's, it's gonad style, <laughs> baby. And second of all, no, uh, when it comes to political figures, I'm more of a Lewinsky person myself, you know, because I, I think her story is very interesting. Politically over there for you while I fix my tie. <laughs> and Chelsea Manning's right there. <laughs> yeah, damn it. Why did I go with that? Ah, more topical. <laughs> you went back a whole generation. Half of our listeners don't even know who Monica Lewinsky is before their time. Who am I? Fucking, uh, uh, who's the dude with the big chin? Uh, <laughs> Jay Leno? <laughs> yeah, what about Jay Leno over here? <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. Like, this dude put how much, how many years, how much of his life into the entertainment business, into his craft. And it's just, you just ask me, hey, who's the dude with the big chin? And it was my first <laughs> fucking guess. That's your legacy, asshole. That and that you, like, that you love cars a lot. Yeah. If you are listening to us on Spotify, before we get too deep into this, go ahead and give us a star rating. It's right on the show page. It's pretty easy. It should be right there. Uh, if you are listening to us on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a rating and a little short review. That helps us out, too. If you have an album that you would like to request us to review on the show, head on over to our joint Kofi. That is ko-fi.com slash off. That's G-O-I-N-O-F-F. And we also both got our own individual Kofi's, Patreons, and uh, YouTubes and Twitters. That's so there's right. plenty of ways to follow us. I've got the fan house. It's fanhouse.app slash riffcoms. And I got uh, twitch.tv slash rapcritical where I do my uh, music and gaming streams. And of course, patreon.com slash rapcritic where if you become a $2 patron, you can help me, you know, with supporting my show and help me get to the $1,500 goal I'm trying to get to. Plus, you get a whole bunch of perks like joining the Rap Critic Discord and hanging out with uh, fans and me, you know, on there. And we have like movie and game nights that I'm like setting up and stuff like that. Uh, plus, you get to see episodes early and, and you get to see exclusive episodes of my movie podcast all that fun sexy stuff i'm trying to get better about like cataloging the things that i'm offering like <laughs> we're like oh yeah i should like tell people that i'm doing this <laughs> and the fan house has been jumping popping off every day i'm posting two live kids bop song reaction videos in works to a uh ultimate review countdown looking at the absolute definitive best and worst kids bop covers we've got 60 something posted already and there's almost 900 of them total so we got our work cut out for us but you can see my progress posted every day two songs every day uh fanhouse.app slash riffcom subscriptions are five dollars and as far as requesting albums go boy oh boy we've got an indie instrumental album we've got a hip-hop classic and we've got a uh, underappreciated, possibly unknown, little gem of yeah, uh, punk rock yeah, from the yeah. early 90s. Experimental punk rock, you could say. We gotta start with Short and Bussy and Baby's First Bus Ride. And yo. Yo. <laughs> yeah, we got that conversational stalemate where it's like, oh shit, wait, we both were about to say something, but then we both wanted noticed that the other person was going to say something, so we stopped to hear what they were saying. 
I enjoyed myself a good bit with this and thought that these were some pretty solid pieces of sometimes I would say unfortunately short yeah. pieces of instrumental music. What did you think? It's some, you know, some chill ass, uh, basically lo-fi, but with a bit more, um, you know, mm. organic instrumentals like flavored throughout it. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. it's good for what it is. It's just, I don't think it like, you know, it doesn't blast through or like, you know, transcend the genre or anything, but it's a g- good ass, solid ass time, most definitely. I would really like to see someone rap over these beats. That's the thing that was just killing me this whole time that I was just like, the repetitiveness of this as a beat is a lot more acceptable when you've got like someone rapping and doing lots of stuff over it the whole time. You know what I'm saying? Like you've ever listened to like right. a song, like I remember I listened to uh, the song by Most Def called, uh... Speed Law, these gassed up jokers inspired the Speed Law, and it like it sounds like such a cool, intense joint. And then I remember listening to it without the instru- without the lyrics, and it's like it feels like so much more half energy than I was expecting it to, because most right. dance lyricism does so much. You know what I mean? And so listening to these tracks is like they're cool, solid bedrocks for something else to happen, and it starts to get annoying that like mm, that other thing isn't happening. And there would be times where it would be like. Almost something felt like it was about to happen. Like this one track where uh, you feel a bit of a trumpet like come in and it sounds like an organic trumpet. I think it was on a first day somewhere new. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, and I was like, ooh, ooh, is it going to go to a part where it gets like a whole solo bit? Like, this would be cool. Like, yeah, next level jazz where it's just like, it's, you know, updated, you know, uh, aesthetic sound. But then it's just like, oh, we're just going to be giving all the instrumentals, like, you know, their solo still. But that kind of doesn't happen. So it ends up feeling like, just a bit of a step down of the experience you could have get, been getting, you know what I mean? Mm. As I listen to it. My favorites that stand out on their own more than the other ones, I would say, would be Rising Action. It's the one that kind of has like the whoop, whoop in the background. It's got like bongos uh, going blip, on. Blip. I didn't like that one as much. Uh, I thought it was okay. I dug that one. Uh, you know, it has the reggae stabs in it. So, you know, of course that always gets me a little bit, but it, I, that was honestly by the point where I felt like it was getting like a little generic with the beats where it's just like, okay, so wow. w- what is the difference between this song versus that song? You know what I mean? That was the point of the album where that actually kind of stepped up for me. It was the first one that, um, that kind of made me take notice. I didn't understand why it had a random snippet of a news report at the end, but I thought it worked in the context of the song. I also really liked El Gato Verde. Again, there are some instruments that I'll pop for every time. Uh, some of them we've talked about on the show before. Xylophones, I am here for xylophones. Mm. Accordions, I am here for an accordion. <laughs> bongos, you fucking put bongos on a track? We got bongos right out the gate in Elgato Verde. And this one was just fucking floating, very airy. And then it had the horns coming in and a funky beat at the end. When it actually does kind of layer on top of it, like you were saying, the more repetitive ones, they're okay for what they are. And it's like, this is as long as it needs to be. This doesn't need to go on any longer because I've already got the feel of it. The ones like Elgato Verde, where they keep stepping up and adding stuff, it's like, ooh, Okay, I like where this is going. With the new age sense that they kind of put on top of it, kind of feels like you're. Man. Feel, it feels oh. like you're. This is the music where you, when you're like putting on a VR headset, it's like, welcome to the digital world, you know? Like, and then, you know, they got to have the soothing music to like kind of like, you know, calm you down from how freaky it kind of feels experiencing the new shit, you know? Like, man, talking about creating a fucking atmosphere, we got to go straight into the next track, Grey Water. Grey Water? That was the one. <laughs> 
You got wind chimes, you got cars screeching, you got vocal sam- samples, you got chickens. Chicken like, you know, the, the bass. You got everything. Yeah, the bass plays for a little bit, and then, like, you hear, like, a sound effect where so you're like, do 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 And it fits. It's like, what? Yeah, but it's, like, layered in, and, like, you know, they put, like, effects on it in a way that makes it, like, doesn't feel like it's popping out too much. Like, it feels like it's a part of the beat. Like, there's, like, there's a part where you hear, yeah, like, the fucking uh, car skirt. And, and it, like it actually feels like it's part of the beat as it happens. So if, yeah. like you can imagine the music video where like the cartoon character like skirts up to you and like says something real slick and then skirts off, you know. Like- <laughs> <laughs> Another one, uh, snake skin, with you got some trippy drums going on, and then the little slight rattlesnake's tail mm. kind of going in the background. This the this is the longest track I think it was almost four minutes, but I was just vibing. Like I was just like. I was chilling and listening to this shit. It's such it, a breezy listen to vibes, like... straight up. My favorite uh, tracks going into it. It was the uh, what was it? The first day somewhere new. Uh, yeah, that's course. a good one. And, the jazz uh, trumpets. Absolutely, the last track. That one got me the most. Oh, that yeah. one was the most atmospheric for me. The one with the prominent hi hats and the gently sailing violins, where you yeah. really feel like the character of the music floating above it. That was the fucking, that was the, the, the crescendo, the fucking piece de resistance of the whole thing. I really enjoyed it. had the fucking break beats. It had, it was just like, yeah, probably the most, well, well, there was that one. And then there was another one that actually had like record scratching. Or was that that one? Um. It might've been the same one, but it was like the one that sounded the most authentically hip hop. Then you got like the bus driver being like, all right, we're, we're stopping the bus for a minute. And then it's like, I guess that's where the second one would pick up. It's like, we're getting back on the bus. Yeah. And, and I thought this was like a kid's album at first. Like, cause it was like baby's first bus ride. I was thinking like, oh, this is going to like an instrumental album for children. And so when I saw the piss break, I was like, wait, what's going on? <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> so many of these had such cool moods to them. And yeah. So many of them were such, like, the thing is, they're all very distinct moods. They're all very different. And for an instrumental album, I'm very impressed by that. That they don't very they don't really run together too much. Mm. That they all kind of offer something different. Like sometimes you got the like a funk guitar and more of a uh, West Coast sound on textbooks I have written down. Mm-hmm. And then all the ones you got like more horns on the uh, more uh, prominent on uh, Charlie the Great and um, First Day Somewhere New. Yeah. And I remember Homecoming specifically gave me that uh you ever watch hey arnold yes you know the yeah like just chilled out mm-hmm. fucking vibes on that show yeah. you know like that's what it gave me on that track specifically where it's just like oh shit i feel like i'm it's you know winter time in new york and i'm kicking it with the football head you know like <laughs> <laughs> Man, yeah. I, I really wish there was like at least one I, because i'm thinking about it now i don't think that ever happened i wish there was a track that actually had like bus sound effects yeah like <laughs> incorporated like, into the beat yeah like like, like a song a, that the legit- little decompressing <laughs> like you know <laughs> oh man you know you know how fucking i mean i would i didn't even ride a bus that much but how like oddly nostalgic it would be if there was just a song <laughs> that like sounded like you were riding a bus with the window open Oh, then man. You can just kind of like, hear the wheels rolling. Right, right. And the wind blowing. Oh, fuck. No, I, I, yeah, I used to take public transit a lot as a kid, and I'm just like, it's just that feeling of like, oh, yeah, you're just around other people. Or that, oh, man, there was that one, 
Like there was, you know how like old designs of buses and you just think about that specifically. There was this one yep. like design where it was like the windows were green tinted or something like that. So it just oh. gave that like, you know, it gave you that feel of like, oh man, I'm in the Matrix world feel like, especially as a kid, you know, <laughs> when you're on the bus. And I remember that was the lady who was like, when we were working, my mom was working at a specific certain time and it was just like, oh, hey, we're always the last people off this bus. So that lady would give us a ride specifically to our mm. house. So it was like, oh, oh man, we got bussed like specifically directly home. Like we're like Damn. special, you know, like because the lady just happened to be like where she needed to drop off the bus just happened to be near where, you know, we were going. So it was like, yeah, yeah, That's sweet. But uh, yeah, this, this this brought back those vibes, you know, those chilled out. It's the end of the day vibes, mm-hmm. you know, everything's rolling down. You know what I mean? I don't know to what capacity I would necessarily listen to it again, but I would definitely put this on in the background for sure. Like, I'm sure that's not their goal is to get someone to rap over it. I'm pretty sure they're presenting it as like a standalone thing and that's the goal. But I really do. I would love to hear someone rap over this. I think it would elevate it. I mean, there was one or two of these uh, songs. I think it was the first one where I was just like, this feels like this could be like a pop song. Like one of the, this could be the backing beat for, you know, the uh, modern pop song with vaguely pensive lyrics about what the world is really going through in these day and age, you know? Like, especially with the background singers moaning and crooning in the background. Like, like that that shit totally could have worked. Like, (laughs) I was so curious. I was like, why? Like at first I didn't know it was instrumental. So when I heard the vocals in the background, just going cocaine. Yeah, you thought something was gonna happen. I thought something was gonna happen. And I was immediately looking up what uh, lyrics and I couldn't find them. And I was just like, oh shit. Okay, this is just instrumental beats. Shit, okay. That's fine too. Um, ultimately, I walked away with a three and a half for this. How about you? I got a three and a half on the dot as well. Mm. <laughs> Where it's just like, Check it, it. Yeah, it's definitely solid stuff. Like, it's definitely like you can throw this shit on your fucking lo-fi playlist for sure. And like, yeah. it's not the specialist of the specialist of the special, but not everything fucking needs to be, you know? Sometimes it just need mellow moods, you know? So, sometimes mm-hmm. it just need to be like a chill-ass, average, chill-ass mood, and it fits that. So, for like, sure. Up next, we've got... I'm going to assume. Wrist of Kings requesting <laughs> Last Temptation of Reed from Lard, the supergroup of sorts. We've got oh. uh, your boy, Jello Biafra of Dead Kennedys and countless mm. side projects uh, on lead vocals. You've got members from Ministry and other. Uh, that's where the uh, the industrial bit would come from. Is that so? And I have, despite listening to just about everything Dead Kennedys had to offer, not knowing that this ever existed. I have heard that they're coming to take me away. Haha, they're coming to take me away. The original, Ha-ha. probably, yeah. Yeah, uh, is that from something before this? or? Yeah, yeah, that's, um, it was like a novelty song from like the 60s or 70s, I think. Okay, because like, I remember there was a Beavis and Butthead episode that was called, you know, they're coming to take me away, <laughs> you know? They took liberties with it, but we'll get to that one that's awesome, when we get though. there. <laughs> that's been also like a kind of a thing I've noticed with, uh, with Dead Kennedys also specifically, so I guess it's a Jello thing where like they did a cover of, um, uh, Viva Las Vegas and kind of made it theirs. They did a cover Whoa. of, um... I fought the law and made it about the assassination of Harvey Milk. Like, oh, wow. They always take these things and put a weird kind of twist on it, which uh, was no different here. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Can I tell you going into this, like listening Mm. to this for the first time and being like, what is this thing that's unfolding in front of me? 
And uh, <laughs> and it was like, it, it, it was especially with the uh, the coming to take me away song where it was just like, oh god, oh my god, this is 1990, and it sounds like nothing like the rock of the time, you know, with the digital yeah. sounds and the experimentation and the fact that it goes on so long, like for a punk rock track, like it's so like not the typical like sort of thing with how weird it was, and so it was like one of those things where it was like I could have swore I remember hearing at least part of the song before, but it was like I don't remember it being this type of intensity where it sounds like it's like fucking early 90s video game music or some shit you know like this is so right. fun and weird and experimental in this way that like makes you see the uniqueness of it and that's what i was thinking like the first the first thing i wrote down was, was like holy shit this is like heavy metal system of a down slash devo and that is the strangest oh, yeah, cool thing like <laughs> with the with the way the guy talks and it's like he's being real weird but if you listen he's actually proving a point about society <laughs> like i love that energy so fucking much where it's just like you can't just listen to these songs as like the weird strange exercises in musicality that they are but then you can also listen back again and be like Oh, the reason why he's talking weird like that is because he's playing the character of da 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 You know what I mean? Like, I fucking yeah. loved that listening to this album, you know? With Dead Kennedys, they, especially being around in the 80s, was very reactionary to the Reagan administration. Oh, I can fucking imagine. Being in 90 is still kind of dealing with that to an extent, but also now dealing with the Bush um, administration, the first, mm, um... The first one, yeah. Well, actually, I forgot he only had the one term, but yeah, we're talking about yeah, HW. Yeah, that's true. Isn't it not, funny? It was so short. actual W. Tracks go in a couple different avenues on this album. Some are so. explicitly, um, political about very specific people, as yeah. the case with the first two tracks, right yeah, back to back. Place. Fork Boy is about, I had to look this up, Samuel Pierce, who was the... Secretary of Housing and Urban Development under the um, Reagan administration. So um, we're talking wow. about selling out uh, minorities and Samuel Pierce as a black man. Oh, my goodness. Is the kind of precursor to to fucking um, Ben Carson. Yeah, Herman Cain had ass motherfucker. Wow, that's insane. Isn't that crazy? Where it's just like, I just thought this was just like, oh yeah, crazy. It's like, oh, these crazy hard rock boys are gonna make this song about a fork boy, fork boy, yeah, yeah. And it's just like, no, we were actually talking about this deeper. Like, it's so that funny thing of like, I thought, you know, punk rock music, Rebecca was just saying, oh, fuck you, stop telling me what to do. It's like, no, we're mad at specific people. <laughs> so with Fork Boy, it's an odd nickname to give it's just because his name is pierce and at one point they say you know um a fork is a cold and shiny tool to pierce tear and ingest buy out his next target with the last one's pension funds thousands more thrown out of work so leona won't have to settle for a mint i'm guessing to talk about leona helmsley Picked by the FBI to be the Black Pied Piper. Oh, I'm looking at that right now, yeah. After oh. Dr. King died, watches soap operas on TV while six billion disappear from HUD. Who are you working for? What did you hope to gain? Why do you hate your past so much you destroy the ones you love? The HUD budget was cut by 70% between 80 and 87, despite a crisis of rising homelessness. Like... <laughs> It's relatable because we're seeing it again, you know? Mm -hmm. But it's like, man, th I guess thanks for making me aware of uh, this guy. Th thanks for reminding me that things don't change. <laughs> and, like, I've heard of, in passing, Noriega, 
But I don't know a lot about Noriega, so... Yeah, no, I know he's a rapper named himself after him because in the 90s, that was a thing of rappers naming themselves after, like, notorious figures, you know, like Tragedy, Gaddafi, and, you know, uh, Capone and Noriega, and, you know, just that old Scarface, for God's sakes, you know. Noriega had the unflattering nickname Old Pineapple Face among um, Panama... Well, how do you say that? Panamanians? Panamanians, pa- Panamanians. Panamanians. Yeah. Uh, because of his pockmarked complexion. So we've got like songs from the from the past, like um, uh, Holiday in Cambodia about corrupt dictators from uh, from Dead Kennedys. And here we got Pineapple oh. Facey. Here's why I'm so I'm annoyed that I wasn't aware of this album. Because, like, if you like Dead Kennedys, you're going to like this because it's like the spiritual mm. successor but a different band. Mm. And it's like, why the fuck did it take me this long to listen to this? Because it's yeah. basically the same kind of emotion and feel. But it feels like to the next level, like, musically, right? Like Because, yeah, because now you got the addition of the industrial aspect that wasn't there yeah. with, yeah, uh, with Dead Kennedys. But Dead Kennedys, the most you had was maybe some thrash elements, but... Not so much metal as you would get here. It definitely adds to the aggression in a yeah. very interesting way. Uh, just the lyrics in Pineapple Face I wanted to point out where he says, uh, Voodoo priestesses, an interplanetary crack. I shall be released. Thanks to my red underwear. Dignity battalions terrify and rule the streets. Pictures of the Smurfs tattooed on the side of their jeeps. Like, I think, yeah, that was the part where, like, the music, like, gets, like, weird and light and dreamy. So it's so weird that these, like, words are being said. But then, like, it thrashes back down and kind of gets on the hardcore shit. And then you really hear the lyrics. Like, like that slowdown point was the point that made me start to pay attention. I'm like... Oh, mm. wait, this is about something. And then so when it came back and where he says the shit like, all I did was double cross the CIA, GE and Lockheed do that every day. And I was like, <laughs> oh, we're, oh, we're going hard. <laughs> the gringos seized all my pottery frogs and teddy bears dressed in camel fatigues. They hit their poster by the Christmas tree. Save me, Timber, and they're blasting Bon Jovi at me. <laughs> it's like, Whoa. <laughs> Fucking Jello has a way of being scathing and biting, but also like kind of funny. Like, you know? yeah, like it feels absurd and random, but like if you're listening a little closer, it's like it's totally not at all. Like he's just using that to like dig in the point even further, you know? Like Jello has an energy about him where it's that Devo he gets energy. very excited. <laughs> and he crams a lot into a bar sometimes to where he kind of loses track of rhyming or loses rhythm yeah but it's like the the emotionality is kind of like what you're you know glomming onto as it's happening you know so you're like enjoying the the mannequinist you know like i didn't see this coming and i've never listened to the album before so i didn't know this was here this is the avenue of the album i wasn't so keen on um mate spawn die oh you didn't like that one this one Way more industrial right out the gate, which I was like, whoa, okay. Now, this one, though, we're taking a break from the political satire here. And we're going to take an awkward, uncomfortable look at Jello's failed love life. And it's weird, man. I don't necessarily like it, 
I didn't know that it was like really going into that. I thought it was more of like a, you know, deconstructing society in general of like romantic comedies just make us not think about love. And, you know, and so we just kind of, it's the hypnotizers into just doing whatever in one corner of the ring. That Jerry Smith <laughs> falling in love magically solves every problem you've ever had. In the other corner, spoon size shredded dreams. The gods must be lazy. The moviegoers must be crazy. That's where I was like, as I was listening to it, I was thinking about it in the grand scheme of like, Oh yeah, this is kind of what's happening to people as we go like, oh no, you know, if I fall in love, in love this time, it'll totally work. Unlike the, you know, all the other times it's literally proven to not work out, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> I guess if I didn't know it was about a specific thing, and this is from uh, They're Coming to Take Me Away, but I might as well just go ahead and address this now because that's another one that I honestly wasn't a big fan of. Joe Biafra wrote it in reference to the collapse of his marriage. His ex-wife ran off with ex-Fenders vocalist Frank oh, Discussion. Oh, I read this! Yeah, like, <laughs> like, after I'd listened to it the second time, I was just like, huh, was it, whoa, that's a, wait, what? <laughs> like, another member of the band? It's really just kind of Jello venting about his, his marriage uh, falling apart. I see. And I don't know, maybe it's just because I'm so used to him just being the political satire guy. That him just ranting about, I don't want to, I don't want to call it like incel territory. Right. Like it's, like, it's, it's not, almost there. Yeah. Like you it, know? it doesn't have the, it doesn't have the whininess of it. It has more of like the, uh, what is the word? Like it's more like, I guess, and couched in like these other songs that feel like they're about the world at large. So this kind of feels like everything is getting a pessimistic look at it, right? And so it's like, right. and now we're talking about how relationships are putting a pessimistic eye on that, right? Like, so that's how it comes off in the context of listening to the album, you know? This one, Yo. I'm going to go ahead and say, is my favorite cut on the album. Yes! Drug Oh my god. This is the most frantic I've ever heard Jello. He's not even really singing. He's just shouting. I love it so much, especially when I was listening to it for the first time. And, you know, like I said, like, you listen to a song expecting some sort of cadence or rhythm, and then when you just hear him fall out of it, you're just like, oh, what's happening? But, you know, that's the type of shit that really grabs you and pulls you and goes like, super oh, shit, this is about yeah. something. This isn't a scene. You know what I mean? Like, we're in a place right now, you know? Get out of the bed, lay on the floor, get out of the bed right now, right away, get down those stairs. I didn't care, I don't care if you're nude, get down on that cement. I don't care if it's freezing. Where are the drugs? We know you got some drugs, shut up. <laughs> it's, it's so funny that the lyrics on, on Genius, he's going so fast, like not even all of them are like Yeah, they're noted. not there. <laughs> like he's like, just wait. going so fast, you can't even keep up with him. Yeah, he's like, uh, who are you? Your name ain't on the list. Where are you supposed to be? What's that NWA? Turn that off. <laughs> I love that. And you're like a scratching on the record. <laughs> I guess we can't talk about the song without giving away the punchline here. Oh my god, it's so good. It's so fucking good. So yeah, after the whole song, you hear all of this shit, we're just like, what the fuck? And then of course, you know, there's a verse in there where it's like, random neighborhood sweeps, cop this breakup house parties, zero tolerance for pot, easier to get hard stuff, costs over three times more to keep an addict in jail than treat those trying to quit, but no drug war funds for clinics. And <laughs> it's just like, holy fuck. But then it gets to the end where he's like, uh, you're all gonna 
gonna wind up out of the street. Say one word of this and we're gonna get you later. Do you fucking know that? You know that? I bet you stole those tires in the garage too. Yeah, you fucker. Oh, whoops, sorry, wrong house. And then it just, and just and the music cuts out and you just hear, whoops, sorry, wrong house. And it's just like, holy shit. The next one. Oh, man. oh man, is even <laughs> more off the rails in its own way. Um, can God fill teeth? This Whoa. one, it starts with Jello telling us that the song is specifically <laughs> inspired by an advertisement he saw, which is interesting that we're even given that context. Yeah. Because normally he's not that generous. Normally it's just you fucking figure it out. <laughs> the song is a, yeah, it gives you the genius annotation of <laughs> what inspired Yeah, it. it's like, anyway, so I saw this thing and it said, get, can, uh, can God fill teeth? Uh, saw this on the side of the road or whatever. And what's interesting, because to my knowledge at least, I've never heard a song where Jello kind of turns his attention away from like the people doing like fucking up everything for everyone and turning the attention to like the Alex Jones kind of like audience, Mm -hmm. like the people who have been, who have like fallen victim to the conspiracy theory rabble rousers and stuff like that. The people who've got protagonist syndrome where they're like, well, the scientist that nobody's listening to must be right because he's the one that, you know, they're ignoring because the conspiracy theory instead of like, you know, the way science normally works is just like people who confer the most on the most stuff where that you can double check the shit. Those are the people who end up being accepted by science because we don't know everything and we peer review shit. That's what you do. But they're like, yeah, exactly. No, but because they're trying to shun this guy and keep his voice from being heard, it must mean that it is the truth. You know? Yeah. (laughs) Jello plays a character in this song of, of a person who's been led to believe that the government is spying on him (laughs) through his teeth. So he, removes all his teeth yeah and and I, doesn't he mention at the beginning where he's like but wait a minute didn't i just read about how the cops are getting parents to plant bugging devices in their kids teeth so if they disappear they can track them before they wind up in the backs of mill cartons and all that and didn't i just read <laughs> that these devices are too late and the voice just kind of gets like more and more like out there and angry. Yeah. And they didn't even tell me. No wonder every bad thing in and out of my mouth keeps winding up on my employment record. Oh, all, God. Uh, so those, fucking good. Yeah. All those fillings, all those crowds. I'll show them who's the boss of my big mouth. <laughs> oh, my God. And yeah, and then just fucking takes pliers to his teeth. And the way that like, you know, you hear the music being all like weird and kind of like, you know, uh, disjointed and all the shit around it but then when the fucking drilling heavy metal parts when you actually can hear the personification of the fucking drill going and you hear someone going like oh god it sounds like fucking Beavis and Butthead like uh, fucking Beavis (laughs) and Butthead's game where like you know Butthead is drilling in Beavis' teeth or some shit like that yeah (laughs) it's so insane you've got to listen to this track like (laughs) yeah for sure Oh, man. It, it um, was like, oh, where do all these wires come from? How far up into my skull do they go? I pull out oh, more and more copper spaghetti. <laughs> oh, my God. It's so insane. I think that's the last really good track, in my opinion. Mm. I think the album kind of falls off after that. I mean, it, Bozo Skeleton isn't the most, like, I mean, it's it's just kind of hard to go after <laughs> to follow that last track. Yeah. Like, it is more of a normie seeming track than, like, yeah. 
Jello is now kind of talking about those who try to like censor political uh, criticism and stuff like that, but also kind of taking the time to like reflect on what it is he does and kind of how silly it is. It's weird. I didn't think it was amazing. I thought it was, was kind of okay. Which, like I said, to follow the other ones, it's it's to its detriment. It's like it just followed these, and it's like, well, uh, the next track is just about again one specific person here. So we got a dude who was um, who was bombing trains, and I think it was Austrian. And oh, it said Austrian, nineteen thirty-one. Uh, yeah, that's what it says. Yeah. According to the Wikipedia, like it wasn't sure if it was like politically motivated, like targeted towards like Germans or what the situation was. The most important thing to me is how it ends. All we know about him really was he was he he bombed two trains. One didn't kill anybody. Luckily, the other one unfortunately did. And then he just kind of disappeared, and we don't know what happened to him. So he's like the fucking old school Unabomber, basically. In a way, yeah. Like is some say he went and fought in World War Two. Some say he went and uh, died in Korea. We don't know because his Wikipedia article just says disappeared in 1945 like he was arrested and then he was put in jail and i think he escaped or was released and then just no one knows what happened to him after that wow but the way the song ends um no matter how many books you ban no matter how many records you burn the seeds of fertile fetishes are planted at an early age (laughs) and somewhere out there someone amongst you may at this very moment lust for derailing trains (laughs) There was legitimately, he's like, I think Jello makes reference that um, when he was arrested, um, his pants were um, stained with semen. Whoa. whoa so whoa. there is, <laughs> so there is a possibility that this was a part of some sick fetish that oh my was, God. this was a part that he was satisfying. It, isn't this insane when reality happens like that? Because when, when I saw that lyric, <laughs> yeah. I thought he was like going like, oh, he's exaggerating you know, to make a to make a joke about the fact that like, this Man. guy you know, got off doing this and was like, oh, what if he literally got off? But then to literally point the I mean, there was even on his pants, so he at some point had to have jerked off like you know, either, either getting off to it or like, you know, oh, well, let me get my jerk beforehand like, let me get out the stress so I can get this done, you know <laughs> Yeah, (laughs) you're doing all these things in an attempt to prevent, you know, warping young minds. But what the fuck was there to warp Sylvester's to bomb trains? Like (laughs) nothing. There's nothing you could do to prevent that. Like that just manifests on its own. But yeah, then they're coming to take me away. (laughs) I was like that pretty damn long, (laughs) but also just like. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, like, was, that, that was my problem. <laughs> like, I kind of got the point, yeah, after the first half of it. But, like, it is one of those things where, like, you know, that feels like it's the point. The fact that it's, like, droning on and going so long with the mechanical feel of it. You know, the... Sounds like, like you know, the music in a, you know, military game where bombs are falling and shit. You know what I'm saying? Like... I guess if it didn't precede the song that was 15 minutes. Right, yeah. <laughs> and maybe if you spaced these apart, yeah. maybe. But yeah, it got kind of obnoxious. And I understood the part is to sound unhinged. Like, I get that point. But when it go, when it essentially ends at six minutes, which is already kind of long, and then goes for another two and a half, where it's basically just that same insane instrumental going... Angelo is just 
ranting and raving. You could barely even make out what he's saying half the time, which yeah. is fine. I get it. I get the point. But for me, I just wasn't interested in listening to that for that long. Yeah. You know? Like, I, like I, if you I, needed to get this out of your system, I respect it, dude. Like, I totally get it. We've all been there. But yeah, I, I do uh, like <laughs> I especially like the hook, like w- whenever those came back, when you hear the jiggling effect in his voice where they're like, hey, they're coming to take me away to the funny farm with birds and things yeah. <laughs> like that always kept getting me with hours is like you could hear the insanity of like, you know, the, the image like splitting into multiple different colored images. You know what I mean? Like, right. And also the way the track started is so weird because it's so like not how the rest of the song sounds where it sounds like you hear like harps and like fluttering shit so like i almost forgot right. like, with how long this track goes i forgot that it, i always forget that it starts with that where it sounds like yeah. not mechanical at all and then it just like falls into it you know so it's just like yeah it's really overly long and like but it's just like such a like there is nothing else like this where like i kind of had to give it the props regardless you know and of course the i am your clock <laughs> I am the mirror of your constant humiliation that follows and shadows you wherever you go and blocks out the light at the end of every tunnel you try. Be on time. Be on schedule. Always feel like you're always late and need more scolding and butters red. <laughs> like, you know what's really Christ. ironic? I listened to this song and then I overslept for work this morning. <laughs> It's planting, <laughs> it's planting, uh, rebellious, uh, seeds in you, you know? Cause you're like, fucking, is, like, is, yeah. you, you get that feeling of just like, yeah, why do I have to be on time? What the fuck does he do for me? You know? <laughs> maybe, maybe I need to make this song my, my alarm. Maybe that'll help. <laughs> it just starts all maybe the first my alarm is, is, is too pleasant. <laughs> And, and it goes for the whole 15 minutes if I don't stop it. Oh, that would be awesome. This is like your neighbors are trying to figure out like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> There's no snooze. It's just uninterrupted the whole fuck song. Yeah. So I wrote down, and I know this is going to piss off people, but it's essentially Jello sat down and thought, okay, what's the dullest way possible I can say capitalism sucks and take 15 minutes to say it? (laughs) It's like, I think it's fine. Again, I like the message and I like how it it goes from, you know, the clock, the teacher, the calendar, and all these these different things that in their own way wouldn't be, they wouldn't oppress you in any way, but all these things are presented as a bigger piece of how they get like turned against you and how yeah. like if you love school you'll love work you'll love working at a job you hate right. because all of it school is basically at least public school in america mm-hmm. is designed to get you ready for work yeah you're going to do a job that you're not going to enjoy but it's just because you're supposed to do it like yeah and oh my god, just the way that one lyric is like, the bills were all due yesterday. You failed. You're through. First we form our habits, then they form us. Like the and the way like the music is so like bleh, bleh, like bombastic. It feels like you're fighting like a boss at a level, and like the nightmare character is getting bigger and just saying, like, you failed. I've you know, I've been able to go into your mind and find all of your insecurities and lay them bare in front of your, you know, family, you know, like and best friends you know like this that type of shit 
if it didn't go on for so long, yeah, I like, probably would have liked it more. Like it's one of those. I was just kind of over it after a while. But like you know, but there there, there can be long songs that do a good job, right? Like because yeah. we listened to what was the album we listened to? Pink Floyd. You know what I'm saying? There, oh yeah. You know where it was just like okay, there's multi parts of the song. They're doing different different things. It's like, but you still want to enjoy the full experience of it, regardless, mm-hmm. even if it is like a little raucous. Like, but yeah, there's those times when you can overbloat, and it's like even if I do respect what you're doing that doesn't mean the presentation of it is automatically good right like yeah i I get what you're saying on that front you know i was gonna say carsey headrest but then i remembered you didn't like that (laughs) (laughs) that that wouldn't be what you were gonna reference oh i'm okay with carsey headrest they're okay (laughs) it's just it's just those couple songs that that go on for a while yeah yeah, you know what i'm talking about yeah i'm remembering now as soon as he's bringing it up yeah (laughs) i still walked away with a three and a half Oh, I give it that four and a half, buddy. Ooh, I probably would have. There was just that second half just kind of fell off the cliff for me. I think the concepts for me just pulled me along with it so much that I, I was just enjoying it. Even like despite the imperfections of it, right? Like, because, you know, you can have a song where it's like, I can appreciate what this is doing so much that like, yeah, I see how this part is annoying, but like I, I can still go for it anyway. You know what I mean? Like. Heading into our main event requested by Michael Adamvich, it Ooh. is DMX. It's with, dark. It's dark. And, and, and uh, you know, coincidentally, hell is hot. Uh. Hell is also hot. <laughs> How about that? It's dark. This... Also, hell is hot. <laughs> it's dark. <laughs> Wait, is, is um, hell dark too, or is that, or is that not related? <laughs> so we talked about the posthumous DMX release. Oh, yeah. And now we're heading all the way back. Oh, the very first, yeah, the album that started it all. Now, we'll we'll get to the individual topics when we get there, but Mm. there is going to be some um, sensitive topics brought up in a bit, I feel like. Um, So, specifically, there's uh, there's some hate speech that pops up, um, as well as... um, Sexual assault references, yeah. We'll deal with them as delicately as possible, but just letting you know that, unfortunately, uh, yeah, it doesn't exactly age the best, no. At the same time, it's like, it's one of those things where it's just like, this is, you know, the genre, right? Like, the hardcore, this dude is representing the fucking streets and the fucking reality and trying to, like, fucking shock you, like, purposefully trying to get in your brain and, like jolt you and push you back with like the music that he's making right and so like there's that one level where it's just like you know he's letting you into the mind of this like you know uh madman who's clearly like lost his way and is trying to like fuck with you but is still like an artist in a weird way where he's trying to like present that in the most heightened way you know what i mean where it's just like so it was like there's one level where it's just like oh my god this is so like insane and affecting but on the other level it's just like but it's making me react to, like, him describing his reality in a way that's so, like, no one else is, like, doing this. He sounds like a mad preacher and, like, you know, hearing, like, actual what sounds like fucking church bells. You know, it's like it's like that demented, you know, flip on something that's supposed to sound, you know, religious or whatever. Because, like, when you listen to his voice, like, his voice does sound like a fucking preacher. Like, it sounds like, uh, you know, the East Coast version of Mystical, you know, in, in a very interesting way. And he comes across as someone who 
takes you to dark places, but then also takes you to like, you know, places of desperation and calling out for help. And it feels honest in both places. You know what I mean? Like it never feels like, Oh my God. And this is the song where he has to say, Lord, give me a song. You know what I mean? It honestly feels like, and after that really dark shit, it feels like he's like, Oh my God, what the fuck is wrong with me? I need to get right. Like, you know, like it feels like you feel the actual emotional yo-yoing happening, you know? And in fact, doesn't he like legitimately call himself out as having like dealing with mental health issues? I think he like specifically says like for someone who grew up, I grew up listening, you know, like DMX was just the guy that was there that of course he respected. You know what I mean? He was like, oh, that's the street rapper who like, oh, but he's got the fucking hit song because you can't deny him because he's so fucking real. Everyone can hear how fucking real he is and his fucking delivery. And also he's a very fucking clever guy like with how he like does turns a phrase with how he uh you know turns around like uh rhymes like th there's a thing that you can do where you know when you're trying to make something rhyme but you're like you don't necessarily have all the words that can make it rhyme so you use the next words of what would be the next line to rhyme but you punctuate it in a way where it it, it feels like it actually works with the the phrasing you know so it doesn't feel like stilted he does that a lot like where you can tell he has control of how he's rhyming and shit like that you know so like there's the talent as well as like the fucking just raw like reality of feeling that like oh this guy's not fucking kidding but he's also like just really good at fucking doing this that in a way made up for the cheap is a way of saying the description of someone like the musicality <laughs> but it does kind of have a dated feel where it's just like oh man this really was the first album wasn't it like y'all didn't have all the y'all didn't have all the production bells and whistles yet so y'all was working with what y'all had you know but it's still See? like you know has its own charm to it right you know I didn't really mind the production too much. I guess there was just ones that I liked more than all the ones, but there weren't mm. any that I wrote down. It was just like, wow, this sounds really dated and cheap. But mm. like, I mean... Nothing's awful. Nothing's awful, but... It I gotta cut to the chase and just mention this before I forget. But fucking crime story with the bongos. Oh, you fucking the bongos. Wow, you got the bongos and the you fucking DMX coming through with the bongos. Oh my god, and the iced tea because uh, it's originally. I mean, it's not originally from Icy Song, but it was sampled. Uh, that's the price you gotta pay if you wanna be a high roller. Do 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 do. And the way they updated the sound, oh, that shit was so fucking cool. It's like that, that was just another thing I just remembered. Uh, do you remember that thing? like a couple of years back about how like oh the most uh the rappers who use the most words and like i think the person with the most words is like aesop rock and the person with the least was dmx and it was one of those things where they specifically noticed they noted that they were like now just because they use like the least words maybe means uh, you know like hey you know he doesn't have as much education like related to these person but if you like you know like that is not to you know not account for like the emotionality topics you know like and just the fact of how he's able to put words together like he makes multi-syllabic rhymes with small words so much in the same way that Biggie does where it's like he doesn't need to use big words because he's putting together so many small words to make rhymes you know happen in multi-syllabic ways that it's like you hear him constantly doing that in a way that I feel is really clever and you know just wanted to take note of the big takeaway or the big thing that really drew me in for most of these songs was his delivery was his uh was the energy because it is very unique i couldn't tell you anybody else that sounds exactly like this or was rapping this way like the dog sound effects thing that he did like he really does own that on this album you know like i thought it was weird that he whimpered like a dog yes, on one track but that, we'll get to that that was the thing that really like made me like really take it seriously where it's just like not only are you doing like the hardcore thing but you're also showing the emotional vulnerability of like an animal's voice too like but let's let's start with this intro and get right into it because like I absolutely hate these fucking skits. <laughs> they are so meandering and a waste of time. 
The skits are bad. You hate the Meandering. Skits. I don't like the skits. You're right. Yeah, see, this is the thing. I think the intro, as an intro, is okay. Sure. I think it sets the pace. It, it really gives you the mood. Um, it lets you know what you're in for, feel-wise, tone-wise. But, yeah, it takes forever to get there. Yeah, and you're like, who are you I would never, <laughs> I would definitely just always skip to the second track because I don't need that whole... Like conversation at the uh, beginning. I don't need that. So what I'm doing is what my man's is doing. Like, oh wait, what? What are you talking about? Like it sounds like they just wanted to get he wanted to say something, but he wanted to feel like he was saying it to someone. So it's like get just get somebody to just start talking to him and then allow him to get into what his point is. You know? It's like Yeah. Yeah. So so like uh locking down the industry on that power shit, duh, that's my man's in them. Huh, I see. So what I'm doing, right, my man's in them is doing. Right. Cause that's uh-huh. my man's in them. See, you feel me? Now, so you know, when you fucking with me, you fucking with and then it gets into the song. And it's just like I feel like there was a quicker way to do that. <laughs> yeah, you definitely could have shaved off a little bit of time. <laughs> now, here might be a controversial statement for mm. me. I think Rough Riders Anthem is one of the weaker cuts on the album. Oh, wow. <laughs> if not the weakest cut on the album. Maybe. Mm. Actually, no. There is one I ranked lower, but I thought this was so underwhelming mm. as like a first like out the gate track. Especially after the compared intro. to all of like his singles after this album, which are, you know, where he gets better. <laughs> yeah, this does feel kind of like not the best showing like this is clearly like the you know getting up out of the mud still haven't polished all the dust off this is what i sound like raw you know like yeah i get I that i think it's such a step up with fuck with d from rough mm. riders anthem i think fuck with fuck with d is such a better track mm. oh I-, I wanted to know real quick just in the intro that part where he goes like niggas is puss keep on running from the werewolf and then you hear the howling that he does howling on the moon and, <laughs> and it's so intense like it's unexpectedly hoarse where he's just like oh, 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 and it's just like oh my fucking <laughs> oh, god like <laughs> yeah that shit was so intense uh but yeah going back with now fucking with d i enjoyed and it was definitely a good track but what the fuck was up with the way it ended? Like, and I, I remembered this where it was like, I think I remember listening to the song before and feeling like, wait, th- have I never heard the full track before? Because it feels like it just abruptly ends. Like, it doesn't have like a, oh, and now here's the rollout or here's the like, the last bar. And then it like cuts off in a way where it's just like, it, you know, you can tell it's ending. It's just like, just don't stress that kid. And then just like pops right into the next part. And you're like, whoa, bro, what the fuck just happened? Like, and yeah, and then we're into a fucking skit after that. Yeah, we'll we'll uh, get to the skit here in a second. Yeah, because <laughs> I, I wanted to quote fuck with D before we get to the second pointless skit. Uh-huh. Left him blown away. You know, he hurt before he died. M- makes you wonder if he lost his shirt before he died. <laughs> Only two knew the answer and one of us is dead. So anyone who seeks the truth can get it straight to the head. <laughs> then you and him can discuss what I did. <laughs> yeah, it was wrong, dog, but I slid. I'll repent one day, but just not right now. You hear my shit all on the street. I'm kind of hot right now. <laughs> the way this motherfucker talks like, you hear my shit on the street. I'm kind of hot right now. Like, there's so much like, personality in how he talks. Like, <laughs> like he's like, like, yeah, I know it was wrong. I'll repent, but... I'm kind of busy. <laughs> you 
understand, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> that, that's the slickness that I'm talking about that like makes it feel like you're being pulled into the moment. Like, like specifically that point of him saying like, so anyone see who seeks the truth can get it straight to the head. Then you and him can discuss what I did. Like just that extra yeah. layer of reality of like, and then if you have to like, you could, how about you talk to him? <laughs> yeah, then, <laughs> because it's not the time for it now. Yeah, I thought that was, that was a fucking sick track. But then what we need is one guy criticizing criticizing DMX saying, you know, he doesn't really do this shit in real life that like uh, he does on the record, right? Uh, yeah. And the other guy's like, Oh yeah? Who who'd you hear that from? <laughs> right. And he's like, Ah, you know, the guys over there. And the guy's like, Well, you know, you out here listening to them on the corner, smoking blunts and forties and all that shit. That shit look cool and all that. That shit ain't cool, man. You know what I'm saying? Your head, and then it just cuts off. Yeah, like, so you need some help, man. Look, your eyes are like like it sounds like someone is actually caring about a friend in that moment. Where he's like, this was this skit was uh, this wasn't actually a skit. I called you in for an intervention. Like I'm trying to help you. But what the fuck brings it on? I don't, Dude talking about DMX. Yeah, it's like he's talking. He's like, about, you know what, man? I've been worried about you for a while. Like, <laughs> right. I know you've been slipping down a slippery path and all that, but I, I've been able to sit idly by and watch. But the, the, the now DMX that you're DMX on the record, no, 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 this is a step too far. You're you're going down a path that I don't think you can get back from. I need to step in. Like, because I mean, have you not heard these tracks of art? DMX will kill you. Stop talking shit. I think that's really he, fucking, he, he pulls the record out of his pocket. This right here. This shit. You're not listening to this yet. <laughs> you're on it. <laughs> but you're, just the way he goes, like, <laughs> like he doesn't know, like, oh shit, I am. <laughs> but just the way he goes, like, just the way the setup of the argument goes, he's having a good time <laughs> of the reality of that situation. <laughs> this person realizing that, like, <laughs> you're, you're on it. <laughs> Oh shit, how is time and space happening here? Am I am I on it right it's now? Like he, Wait, what's happening? He points to the storm and is like, that's us. That like you've right always now. been on it. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh oh my god. Holy shit. But, but no, just the way he fucking tries to set it up where it's just like, oh man, he's saying he'd be robbing and you know, robbing niggas and all that, but man, that's whack, man. That's bullshit. And then the other guy goes like Wait, but you rob niggas. What are you talking about? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, I mean, I'm saying I, I do, but but he's rich. I, he, he shouldn't be doing it. It's like, what? It's like, what type of weird? And like I said, and then it twists into that. Oh, man, you're not doing good. I, you know, you came by mom's house and she was, you know, kind of disappointed. Like, it's such oh, a shit. weirdly incongruent emotional thing with where this song is going. And it's called The Storm. I thought it was going to be like some dudes are talking shit and then like fucking DMX and a, you know, Tasmanian devil, uh, uh, you know. <laughs> Twisting of like guns and knives comes out of nowhere and just like stabs and fucks the dude up, and the next song goes. No, just because it's raining. Yeah, it just happened to be raining. (laughs) Yeah, it's just raining in the background. That's it. But then we get into an actual like super deep sounding track that, like I said, starts with the dog whimpering sound. Yeah. So you're just like, whoa, what the fuck is going on? Like, Mm. and he's actually like saying some fucking shit in here. Um, he's like, this is it, y'all niggas got to give me a plate. For the same reason my fate chose to give me the weight, take away the hate. Now I'm supposed to love the one that cursed me, the one that wouldn't give me a cup of water when I was thirsty. You know, just like 
going into like actual deep shit. Like it's not just like life is hardcore shit. And I'm just saying generic hardcore shit. Like he's going into the specifics of his mentality that makes it like, holy shit. I'm like seeing his world. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what I'm saying. Like that level of artistry with it. This dude can like represent that real street shit. Cause he actually is that, but it's like, but he actually has something to say as like an artist, you know, it's so fucking dope listening to him. You know, he knows you're afraid of him and is like, well, yeah, you should be. <laughs> that was one of the highest rated tracks for me. Now, Get at me, Get at me dog. dog is one of my lower rated tracks here. The way you feel about um, first track da, 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 is how I feel about this track. This feels like the, uh, the step down and like the, the quality for me. F slur aside, because he drops that in this one. It's the first of three on the record, which is annoying. But what... I thought was even more worth pointing out. This was originally a Tupac diss. Yeah! <laughs> that wow. he just he just changed a few things and made it about someone else. That feels so lazy. Like, you just couldn't write a new one? Like, hey, I had this one about Tupac, but Tupac's dead now, so I can't release that. Hmm, let me just change a few words here, and hmm, it's about somebody else now. What the fuck is that? This album came out in 1998, so Tupac had been dead for two years by this two point. Two years, yeah. Yeah, and just be like, I, well, I still want to keep that song. That song's fucking dope, so I can't, I can't get rid of it. <laughs> I can't throw that one away. It's like, you, you can't? You sure? Yeah. <laughs> it, it's, it's possibly the, one of the weakest tracks on the album so far. <laughs> like, it could easily be cut, maybe. Yeah, and, and it gets into, it over. like, the fucking beefs that, like, rappers have where you just kind of go like, how uh, is this really that important? Like, uh, where he's just like, transforming ass niggas will get it quick. And yo, for real, that nigga K can suck my dick. And a reference to, and I remember this from the Beef DVDs. Uh, K, oh, yeah. K Solo, a moderately successful rapper in the early 90s with whom DMX feuded. Uh, they accused each other of like, oh, one person stole the song Spellbound. And like, K Solo had it originally in 1990. And I remember having that weird feeling of like, wait, K Solo, DMX, are they even of the same like, hip-hop generation like what is either of them being yeah like, what is the fuck? ego where these people are mad at each other and over what and, and i was thinking like oh for some like you know dope ass song like no i spit that lyrics like spellbound a song about spelling it's like that's not the most like oh no. rrr, he, like this dude's a gangster not dude starting <laughs> fucking real beefs with motherfuckers you know impersonating officers dmx going to like real shit and yet he's like weirdly angry about this dude over like this concept song that the song that wasn't even a hit you know what i mean like wasn't even yeah, like right you know like oh you stole the royalties you know it was just kind of like uh i guess if anyone remembers that song that he did in his mixtape days that was like a side song that like you know it's like oh even if he did rip it off it's like lots of people were spelling shit back then so okay you yeah know, it's so like a who cares i think let me fly might be it's definitely in the upper crust on the record for me. Mm. All the verses are solid, I thought, but I had to quote this bit. I sold my soul to the devil and the price was cheap. And yo, it's cold in his level because it's twice as deep. But you don't hear me, ignorance is bliss and so on. Sometimes it's better to be thought dumb. Shall I go on? Yeah. Yo, on the real, what's the deal? It's a mystery. How can I live and make history? If you don't see it, then it wasn't meant for you to see. If he wasn't born in it, it wasn't meant for you to be. 
but you can't blame me for wanting to be held, locked down in a cell where my soul can't dwell. This is hell. Come meet the devil and give me the key. But it can't be worse than the curse that's what's been given to me. It's what I live for. You take away and I'm gone. That's the difference between doing wrong and being wrong. And that ain't right. Just be fair, baby. Put me in the air and I'll take it from there, baby. It's like, whoa, holy shit. Didn't know. You're not persistent. It was the call of the wild. I merely say what's in my heart and you call it a style. <laughs> like, just that lyric on its own. And it's like, I'm just giving you the real. You're calling this, like, you're saying that it fits in the hip hop, like, you know, genre. But no, this is just like my reality, bits. Like, you know. <laughs> this one here is the one we we're going to talk about coming. sooner or later. X is coming. Um, oh, boy. It's got the one, two, X is coming yeah, for you. It's got that, the fucking he's Freddy shit. fucking Freddy Krueger shock. That, that's what I'm talking about. Like, it so sets you up into that fucking world of like, no, I'm trying to fucking get at your heart. What will make you fucking, your soul, you know, fucking cringe. You know what I mean? Like. I was, yeah, I mean, I'm sitting here. I fucking quoted this part. The, uh, who's afraid of the dark? Responsible for the murders in the park. When I bark, you hear the boom, and then you see the spark. And I see the part of your head, which used to be your face, being replaced by nothing for bluffing. What a waste. <laughs> like, whoa, holy shit. And yeah. then you got, like, this scary-ass beat with, like, the zirp electrical zapping noises. Yeah, yeah, it's not, oh, man, this shit is so but insane. Then he, but, then, okay. but then he hits you with it. Yeah, okay, so, so, uh, sexual assault content warning, ladies and gentlemen. Running for your spouse, trying to send that bitch back to a maker. And if you got a daughter older than 15, I'm a raper. But that, how he twists the knife even further is, is, like, put, again, putting you in that moment with what he says next, right? Where he's like, you know, take her on the living room floor right in front of you, then ask you, seriously, what you gonna do? Like, the way he says it, then ask you, seriously, what you wanna do? Frustrating, isn't it? Wanna kill me, but I'ma kill you. Now watch me do it just a little longer, please, will you? Like, it's that Eminem fucking, you know, I'm this wacky fucking insane character and I'm like twisting the knife of like putting you in the scenario like no you think you crazy I'm fucking crazy you know like it's hard to listen back to that like is anyone in their car singing along to that yeah, see, like... see that's the thing of it right it's like it's not you know music to sing along to when you want to make be a better person it has its you own know? place yeah right it's that level of like like that's what I was thinking about for like um I had listened to someone actually talking about the uh the Chronic 2001 album uh, or whatever. And this is like, yeah, it's like great beats and like, but super misogynist lyrics and you can't act like that's not there. And someone made a point where it's just like, it's like, it's putting you in the aesthetic of their like dark sense of humor. So it's like one of those things where it's like, the fact that they're being so intense about it is like making the point that you're not supposed to take it seriously. But it's in that sense of humor that like lots of people have where it's like exaggerating something is more the like, the way of comically be like being like that's someone's level of humor right like gross dark exaggeration you know to be like this is so right. fucked up and if it was pushed in your face oh wouldn't that get you you know and so like that's like the level that i feel like i get like when i hear this song right because at the same time like you said if i were to go uh to the later track atf you know literally i mean what, what no not atf uh the crime story song like that song is about mm. him you know going into and the whole thing is like you know he had this slinky beat and all this cool shit about like how he's trying to get around the law and 
do all this shit. And the song ultimately ends about him going into a police precinct and fucking blowing himself up and taking all the cops with him. You know, and it's like, right. okay, you don't yeah. actually think he is a proponent in, you know, suicide bombing a police. You know what I mean? Like, you know, he doesn't actually think that. The point is that this is like to show you just how fucking dark his mind is. There is like an element of like, you know, shock for shock, right? Mm. But then it's like, I'm looking at the slurs, right? And Those are less excusable, way less excusable, yeah. And yeah, because it's like, I know you, I know he didn't put that same kind of thing. He like, he just thought that was okay. You know, it wasn't like, I'm going to say this to shock him, you know. Yeah, and, right. That's but, the difference. But, but you yeah. know, I'm really not like that. Yeah. Fucking Mace later on seriously says slays gays. Fuck oh Mace. Oh my God. Like, yeah, I was like, uh, there's no fucking excuse for that <laughs> motherfucker. Jesus but, Christ. But what I wanted to point out was there's another line on, um, and we'll get back to Damien. I, I don't mean to, sl- I don't mean to skip it entirely because yeah, I really did like song, that yeah. song, but, <laughs> but going to, how's it going? I, I feel so weird about this song because it's like it, the hook of it is so like the this is just the rap song of the day about like, you know, like that fucking Mace song. You know, take a look at what you see. Generic song because, you know, Jinx like like these types of songs. But the verses are like oddly specific with the situation that he's talking about. Knew she was a thug because when I met her, she had a scarf on. <laughs> 5411 size 11 in girls. Babyface would look like she was 11 with curls. What? What the fuck is that? <laughs> I was trying to find what is that doing just like, here? Wait, what does that mean? What does that really mean? You know, we're in that way where you're like, am I avoiding oh. what this actually means by nothing? <laughs> you know, like. That I think it's fair enough to say, who's singing along to that? <laughs> uh, she looks like she's because this song girl. is meant like, to be what? taken seriously. But just like the fact of that, like you bring up the way more crass lyric, but just like the the lyric that it started with, knew she was a thug because when I met her, she had a scarf on. Like what? I don't know what the fuck that <laughs> yeah, means like... either. <laughs> That was just totally out of left field. Like, oh yeah, that's the fucking sign. I guess I don't know. <laughs> she's got that Afghan. You know, she's a hard body. Oh shit, she's got the ascot. <laughs> um, just backtracking for a second to Damien, where DMX is is he's doing a one man show for you, I where he plays though. himself. <laughs> he's he's himself. He's his son, and he's and he's Damien. And, and, and it's that character is like the slick talking guy who's like a rat like this sounds like somebody that you know a comedian would play like a like a Damon Wayans or some shit like that you know and I just love it. It fucking reminded me of um, Kendrick and Lucy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's like it's such a like you know you know he does his gruff voice like this. It's a friend like switch it up like this and you're just like and it's so cartoony. silly, but then you accept it in that weird way. You're just like this guy is going so like full tilt with it that you kind of have no choice but to be like. Find it endearing. <laughs> now, what I thought was funny was the hypothetical way that DMX and his son talk to each other. Like, how old is his son yeah. supposed to be? Uh, man, that's what I've been wanting all my life. Think about my little man. So I call up my wife. He says, hey, your dad is about to make it happen. And so I was like, what you mean, my nigga? <laughs> like, I'm about to make it happen. And I did like how... And I don't know because I'm not too well versed in DMX to be completely honest here, but the way it ends with the to be continued, I really yeah. hope there isn't a part two because <laughs> I really like how this one ends. It's just kind of like 
you don't know how it's gonna go. Right, yeah. How could this end up going? Like, oh, this guy's, he, 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 like, it genuinely gets you, right? Because you're like, wait, is this character gonna kill his friend for this guy? Like, how is this gonna yeah, go? Cause, yeah, because Damien's like, oh, yeah, I got I got one more job for you. Hey, it's this guy I used to fuck with way back when. And DMX is like, no, not him. And he's like, it's either me or him. And it's like, if you don't do it, I'm fucking cutting off your hand. And he's like, oh, shit. <laughs> and the way he fucking does the goddamn Star Wars. Here we go again. We're just like, I don't know where it's going to go, but then the fucking voice, to be continued, motherfuckers, is like, oh no, I just want it to be end, I just want it to end right there. I don't know, hopefully there's not a part two, and if there is, I don't want to hear it. Oh, getting to, how's it going down? Like I said, like, it it feels like it's going to be like the generic sort of like, yeah, girl, you know you need to cheat on your man for me because I'm better, you know, the fucking, you know, the Nelly song, you know, no matter what I do, I really love you, dick, uh. because you're just so cool, Nelly, you know, like... Heard he smacked you because you said my name while y'all was sexing. He ran up on this caddy who thought he was me and started flexing. You know, I ain't even with that. So you're going to have to get that just on GP. Trying to creep me? I, shit, I'm going to leave this nigga sleepy on the string of you. Well, that's the kid's daddy. I ain't going to send him on his way. Put him up in that big caddy. But let him know. Never mind, yo. I need to go. Take the snow up to 150 and see Joe. Like, in the way it, like, twists in that moment where it's just like, I should kill this motherfucker. But, mm. You know, that's your kid's dad. I shouldn't do that. You know, like, but yeah. also the intimacy of the situation of like, hey, we're actually cool. We're just going to sit here and chill smoke this blood. And hey, could you do one more run for me just like all the times? You know, like, it's just like a weird, like, what the fuck? Like, it doesn't even feel yeah, romantic. It just feels like we are two people who have a friendship relationship and we kind of do favors for each other. Da, da, da. Like, it so breaks it down in a weirdly real, real way that like, I kind of, it's kind of endearing based on that. Like, I can't even tell if I like really like it, like it as like a song to listen to, but it's just like, but it so gives you something different from what you expect from these type of songs. Like uh, just a different color where it like throws you off, you know? I didn't honestly remember half that shit. So it's like, fuck man. Okay. Now I do got to go back and listen to that one. Cause yeah, it's, it's more complex than I remember it being. Yeah, the so, thing. And like the way it ends is he says, uh, but she belonged to cuz, couldn't belong to me. She had two kids with this nigga. It was wrong for me. It was like, uh, but we gonna always be the best of friends. Mad love, boo, to the end. Ha ha. Like that, that little part. Like, yeah, he's just like, we always gonna be the best of friends. Ha ha. Mad love, boo, to the end. Ha ha. Like, it's so like, <laughs> feels so cordial that like, he, you know there's no like hate in his heart. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It just, so it doesn't come off like the, oh, fine, go back to that, you know, asshole, but you know who's best for you. Like, it genuinely comes off of like, hey, that you know. Oddly refreshing. Yeah, right? Like, it's so weird. <laughs> Stop being greedy. Oh, Lord. And ATF back to back. I thought those two oh. were really strong tracks. For, for all my life, I always thought, like, Stop being greedy. Like, that was the thing that I remember listening to and being like, Yo, this motherfucker really is good. Like, the way, oh my god, the fucking music video, the fucking, the falling oh. organ line, like, yeah, where it's like, shows him the split in half, like, the cool guy Earl and, like, Dark Red X, you know, like, Oh my god. Oh shit, I gotta see that. And, oh man, you gotta watch gotta it. Like, and it, just the way he's like, flips, you know what, we said that thing about how like, you know, using the last two lines to sort of like, lead into the next part with the rhyme and sort of thing. I love how he mm. fucking does that on this track, where he goes like, uh, where he goes like, you know, I can flip that flow, I can stick that hoe, I can get that dough, you know, with that, yo. And the thing about this shit, uh, I came through, I haven't seen. But when it gets dark, it's like a nigga's having dreams or nightmares, the light dares to desert me, mm. you know, like, and how he flips over every four bars. And it's like, but like, everything feels like, 
as he's saying the line, it sounds like he's like at the end of the four parts, he like shakes his head and like goes back into like the next part, you know? Yeah. So he's like, you know, paranoid. So I strike out at whatever the closest thing that's gonna get it to, but never will I think I, no, 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 fuck, let me say it again. He was like, yeah, paranoid. So I strike out at whatever the closest thing to me is gonna get it, but never will I, kill I, think death is wrong. So I'm gonna keep holding on to what's left. You know, it's like, <laughs> it's like, will I kill? Yeah. Oh no, no, death is wrong. <laughs> I thank the Lord every day that I'm blessed with the gift. I'm the best. So unless you want to rest with the stiff, don't touch that. Uh-uh. Leave it alone. When you walk past the dog house, leave it a bone. Because dogs bite. Dogs bite. <laughs> you know? like With these two tracks back to back, we were talking about the production. I didn't mention it earlier. I love how some of these songs, these two in particular, have like black and white horror movie sound effect, yeah. like sa- soundtrack music yeah, going the on violins in the background. and the creepy fucking organs and shit. It's so You just think cool. like fucking Bela Lugosi ass yeah. shit going on. Like that's the kind of picture I, I, I got going on listening to these. I'm drunk, so I'm on Bash's head wide open, begging me to stop, but at least he died open. <laughs> like, Jesus <laughs> Christ. At least he died open. <laughs> Fuck. Oh, man. And, oh, yeah, the other part where he goes, like, uh, you know, it's like, many questions, no answers, stress. Try to hold my head and remember that I'm blessed with the curse, and it gets worse as time goes by. Can't see straight, because I'm so high. <laughs> Damn. Holy shit. Yeah. And then fucking ATF. Oh man, yeah, with the horror violin screeches at the beginning, mm-hmm. and uh, again the, the ominous bell noise—that <laughs> is DMX's calling card. Oh my god, and the fucking story. This man really is like fucking like the more fucking dangerous sounding Slick Rick, right? With the, the fucking the way he lays out the story, he was like, "Hey, look, damn, oh, came so close. You almost hit that bitch. Uh, yeah, nigga, almost. Oh shit, the cops hit her, and I know they ain't gonna leave her. Go up there, make a left, pull it off, take a breathe. Like just the fact that." We're just like oh yeah we avoided killing her and then it's like oh shit they just did okay they're ruthless let's go you know <laughs> worst cut on the album is for my dogs yeah it's so like a well you know we had to make this track for my best friends for my dogs. <laughs> for my dogs. i like the beat but i didn't think any of the guest verses were memorable i thought yeah. dmx's was the best one obviously well, sure yeah but that fucking repeating chorus was so annoying. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I just, I just that some song sort of switch up happening. Like, yeah. Yeah. I don't know how I felt really, but I can feel Me it either. Too. Like, I thought it was okay. <laughs> I, yeah, I was like, you know, I, I feel like, like, I think Lil' Kim also did a flip of this song as well. Like, I can oh. feel it coming. And it's, with this, I was like, I don't know, maybe it needed a different singer or something. I thought that exactly. It, it was like too underwhelming. Yeah, like, like this needed to see a little green or something. Like, doing it, yeah, and I think it could have worked better because I think his verses weren't that bad. As I went back to it, but I was no. just like, something about this feels like too. I don't want to say too silly, but like you know, it's expected to do the hip hop yeah. cover of a you know famous like song like by the late '90s. You know what I mean? So it's like if you're gonna do it, you want to do like. You know, you want to really make something out of it where it's just like it feels like this is the next level and not just like, you know, it's like just kind of doing a cheap like, you know, pop for the pop's sake. You know what I mean? But from there, I think it's just smooth sailing. First of all, you get the prayer, which is just such an emotion. Mm. The best skit on the album. (laughs) There you go. Yeah, there's at least one good skit. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, this one's really... And I don't even know if you could even call it a skit. It's just like a spoken word. Uh Prayer, yeah. It kind of works as an intro to the convo, Mm -hmm. but 
it stands on its own. It too. really does. Cause especially when you get, and it's so funny. Cause I was like, wow. You know, I always remember be, feeling like, you know, DMX was the East coast, like Tupac and actually kind of carried on the mantle by, you know, continuing to be creative and stuff like that. Like representing the, you know, a gangster's pain, but also doing it in a way that's not generic. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. that has real personality to it. And it, it like, yeah, a, a lot of people like noted, you know, especially like, you know, ghetto hood dudes, like what people really liked about him was like that, earnest spirituality that he had to him that is like even though i'm talking all this dark shit like i really am trying to get out of it and you know this dark shit is me unleashing like the darkness part of my creativity but i genuinely like don't want to be this person and i want to be better and i want to try to improve the world because i you know you know everyone's a human fucking being right like and mm. oh my god when it gets to the end like it, like I, I remember at first feeling like you know oh you know maybe it's a little lengthy but like when it gets to the end when you feel the raw emotionality what the fuck he's saying and he's like uh mm. he's just like and i fear that what i'm saying won't be heard till i'm gone but it's all good because i really didn't expect to live long so if it takes for me to suffer for my brother to see the light give me pain mm. till i die <laughs> but please lord let us see the light. that was just like a holy fucking shit like you know like you can feel that i love this person so much i want for their salvation even if it's not coming for me you know like that's the shit that felt like it should have been like you know right before the for my dog song if that song was better you know like <laughs> and it hits specifically different as someone who didn't hear that song until he was dead uh, oh oh right yeah yeah. It's like, I never heard it before, so now I'm hearing it for the first time, and it's like, it hits different, yeah. you know? <laughs> Especially for this man who d- definitively suffered pain all of his life, you know? like Yeah. Yeah, and was struggling with it. Like, we have the hindsight of knowing for a fact, like, yeah, it didn't, it only marginally got better by the fact of him being rich, but no, nah, he was he was still kind of slipping and falling and not getting up, you know? I thought the convo with DMX and God training bars was really strong. Especially going through the part of the, like, like the way he, you know, personified that poem of the, you know, uh, uh... The footprints. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love how he, like, he said it in a way that felt real, you know? It's like, see the light down the road? It's gonna guide you there. Two sets of footprints, I was right beside you there. What about the times I only saw one? Those are the times when I was under the gun. It was then that I carried you, son. Like, you know, led you to safety. Just wasn't your time to face me. And yo, a few of the times, I thought you would erase me. When all you did was embrace me, prepared me for the worst, offered me eternal life, and scared me with the hurts. And the curse turned to grace. When the hurt turned to faith, no more running or sliding in the dirt because I'm safe. Like, I love that. Like, just that fucking... Like, talking about higher topics, but also doing, like, a slick, you know, baseball metaphor there. You know what I mean? Like... (laughs) Like, I've heard so many people do twists on the fucking Footprints poem that it's almost become a fucking meme. Sure. All right. He fucking did it in a way that was like, oh, shit. Like, it fucking sounded dope. Yeah. Man, yeah, he really did something totally different with that one. I love that one. Yeah. And, man, except for Mace, the last (laughs) track was pretty dope, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Locks were delivering, um... DMX, again, I gotta say, with his extra long verse at the end there, is the best by a wide margin. Yeah, yeah. But I thought that was a really strong way to end the album. Oh my god, the, the just the lyrics was like, I lost my mind when he crossed the line, sent his back through his chest, then I tossed the nine. <laughs> like, Oof. he sent his back through his chest. Holy god. god. <laughs> yeah, fuck oh, me. What, what would you give this album? I know I'm still gonna catch hate. I, got, I gave it a four. Man, I am going to give it a five. Yeah, I yeah. knew it. <laughs> <laughs> ah, 
I fucking knew it. I was like, I'm gonna come out looking bad on this one. A four ain't gonna be enough. I know it. Cause like there is just so much like great creative. Like I definitely could see how the blemishes on this like make it like they are kind of hard to not notice. Like oh, I just want to listen to the song about the 15 year old. Like no, like like yeah, definitely can see that. Yeah, and it's like, and I I don't want to seem like because there's lots of music I listen to that wouldn't make sense to you know sing along with so it was pretty stupid for me to even say that because like it all has its own sure use you know um i guess it's just like when it (laughs) like it doesn't affect you right like you know yeah and i mean if but if that's the point then it's like well you know you can't hate on it if that's the fucking point if it Mm. was supposed to do that you know then it fucking worked for the blemishes that I still do see, like I said, in some of the you know lackluster week verses and stuff, there's so much that makes up for it that makes this album really stand like a cut above the average fucking gangster rap album that was out at the time. That it really is just like, yo, this motherfucker really was like raising this shit to that next level of fucking art. Like it's insane. And he put out another album like later this year, so that's kind of like nuts. Was like not only did he put out a good album, he then just put out another one. <laughs> but that about does it for this week's show. And as a very quick reminder, we mentioned it at the top, but if there is an album that you want to request for the show, uh, please head on over to our Kofi. That is ko-fi.com slash off. That's G-O-I-N-O-F-F. Uh, follow us on our socials, Twitter, our individual patrons. Um, follow us on our uh, YouTubes because we both post content of our own. Uh, RC on Twitch. I'm on nice. FanHouse. Make sure to rate us on Spotify and or apple even if you're not listening to us on either one you can still you know you can still rate yeah, us let the people know apple. that they need to stop listening to those other whack-ass podcasts and come through uh for for who's giving who's giving you the real heat when it comes to music mm-hmm. reviews yeah we're we're, we're, we're playing the flag <laughs> fucking stepping up in 2022 giving you three goddamn albums a That's show right. like who else who else is doing this <laughs> only on the going on podcast <laughs> and until next time for going off. Mm. I'm Muse. And I'm the rap critic. And stop, drop, shut him down, then establish a business location where your competitors previously occupied. <laughs>